Matt McConkie. Dave Holmes, how's it How going? Are you? Ah, you know, it's I heard fine. that we're recording this uh, just as new new lockdown restrictions are kicking in in LA, and Correct. you had a uh, sort of a farewell gathering with your pod. Yeah, I had my pod over, you know, at a distance last night, you know, around the fire pit. Um, drank a lot of wine. A lot of wine. And uh and I'm yeah, I'm entering lockdown with uh, with an aching head and no regrets. Um wow. healthy, I've just got tested, everything is A okay. You and I this is a very dumb question, but am I to understand that even what you did last night, we cannot do. I mean, I we know that in theory can't. we cannot do that, but are, will, are are people going to be peeking into backyards? How is this? I yeah, I mean, I think even Garcetti has said it's not enforceable, and so it won't really be enforced. But it's just kind of you know, it's to it is to underscore the severity of what's going on right now, and and I guess in that way it's important. However, the messaging has been fucking. Atrocious. I, I nobody knows what they can and cannot do. Um, everybody's kind of everybody's you know got big questions. Um, Renee so, was just yeah. asking us like if we if we're getting the texts that everybody was getting in the beginning, and I haven't gotten shit. I'm not, I have not gotten a single text. I have not gotten a single text. Whatever. So we just need to fucking put our heads down and get through it. And we're going to. God, we're going damn it. To and we're going to hunker down for the holidays. Yes, we are. And have uh, the the most depressing um, Christmases of all time. That what is absolutely you, true. I don't want to do. I, I don't want to spoil it in case Ben is listening. But yeah, what are you? Well, I'm not going to tell you what I got him. Uh, okay, I can't tell you what I got him. him. No, okay. but it's it has arrived. It is um, it has arrived, and it's and I'm very happy with it. Um, but yeah, we can't say. Are you going to say what you're getting from Michael? I guess if you're not, I'm not going to say. But also, it's okay. not that exciting. Okay. Um, what is on your like? If we were doing a homophilia gift guide, what yes. would you recommend people to buy? Okay, ooh, couple things, couple things. First of all, the Body Boss. Did I tell you about the Body Boss? I don't think so. What is that? The body Boss. It's um, it's like a little, it's a home fitness thing. It's like a little platform, and it's got a bunch of like, um, it comes with a couple of like resistance bands. With, with a couple different kinds of handles. And mm-hmm. then there's all these like loops that you can loop it through in all different ways. Um, so you can do, you know, you can, you can do uh, curls, you can do flies, you can do squats, you can do all sorts of things with it. Um, and it's great. I, I really love it. Um, however, the, the, the appliance that has quite simply changed my life is uh, the Balmuda toaster oven. Oh, do Bel-Muda. tell. B-A-L- M-U-D-A. Um, it is, first of all, it's a $350 toaster oven, which is ridiculous. However, it is, okay, so here's here's what happens. You put the bread in, right? There's all different settings, but let's just, let's just say, let's just say we're toasting bread. Okay. You put the bread in. You, it comes with a little tiny little thing of, uh, that you fill with water, like a, not, a little bigger than a thimble. Fill it up with water, put it in a slot okay. on top. It steams the bread. Matt McConkie steams the bread. Then the toasting can begin. Okay. So, um, and, and it's like, it's, it is, uh, my friend Matt calls it the Kubrick toaster because it, because it fully looks futuristic and and crazy. It, It fills up with steam and then that goes away. And then it's several slow pulses of heat 
come oh. through and heat the bread. The result, Matt, is the best toast I've ever had in my entire life. The outside of the bread, perfectly caramelized, crispy. The inside, soft, moist. Um, it is absolutely everything that you wow. need a toaster oven to be and more. I didn't know that I needed to steam my bread before toasting it. But I, now, didn't, I didn't know uh, either. But how yeah. I'm living like an animal. Yeah, it's kind of gross. Yeah, I've been meaning to say something about it, but um, it is it truly is great. A, a bagel from Maury's in there. Perfect. Ooh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Um, it reheats a, a, a cold slice of leftover pizza to perfection. Oh, um, I, I love it. I don't know what I did before. Uh, well, what about you, man? Whoever they are, they should be sponsoring this podcast. Absolutely, they should. This was the best ad that we've ever done, and it's not an ad. Well, uh, what about you? Uh, let's see, you know, I, just to plug things that my friends are doing, but genuinely are like must haves, uh, our friend Heidi Rose Robbins, Ah, astrologer to the stars, um, has released a new set of books just in time for the, they are the perfect, um, stocking stuffer. So it's just sort of a little, she, she calls them love letters, but just sort of like a little book, uh, about your sign and, um, and kind of a love letter to people who have that sign. So, you know, of course you don't want to just get your sun, which is what we normally think of as our sign. You want to yeah. get your rising, you want to get your moon and get your, your, your trio of books, have them by your, your nightstand, flip, just flip to a random page. Anytime you need like a moment of inspiration or just, um, you know, to, reflect on whatever moment you're in. Uh, she is the best. She is just the most, um, I, I hate to say it, but most like healing presence in my life. And I just love her books. So uh, that is a spoiler that Michael will be getting, getting some of those. And I got some for myself. Um, what else? Pe- uh, people should join the Jane club. Sure. Uh, you can give people gift gift cards to the Jane Club, um, which is you know all remote right now, and that's June Diane Rayfield's, um, so, I guess, social club. I don't even know what what we call it, but there's just great programming all week long, and it is honestly a very uh, a great deal. Yeah, and our friends at Bitch Sesh, I'm sure everybody's already seen it, but they're selling ornaments and stockings with uh, their infamous earwolf drawings on it. They really, Danielle Schneider specifically had a, got a really um, tough drawing in the earwolf anniversary picture. Did you get a Uh, copy of that? I sure did. Yeah. And I can't say that we fared very well either. Yeah. I don't Um, don't think we did. We couldn't find particularly bad. Yeah. First I thought, Oh, well we're just not included and that's fine. I, I, I understand. And then I had to be, had to be pointed out to me that this, elderly looking sort of <laughs> hobbly Ichabod Crane character was me. Um, anyway, but the bitch sesh is selling great like ornaments and, and, and stockings and stuff. And that's all on their Instagram. Great. I think that's it. I think that'll do it. Um, oh, we got a review. Ooh, let's read it. We got a five star review from Mr. Dave boy. Did you write hey, Mr. Dave boy? I did. I, that, that, I am not Mr. Dave boy. No, that's my dad. You can just call me Dave. Um, okay. One of my top podcasts, Love Matt and Dave, recently saw the Reno 911 episodes featuring Dave and couldn't stop laughing. Thank you, Mr. Dave boy. Um, my favorite part of the podcast episodes right now is when we hear the dogs barking in the background. Oh. Aww. 
Well, we'll Finn, tell Finn that he may chime you. in anytime. Yeah, and he just might in this uh, interview with the legendary Judy Gold. What a yes. dream she was. A dream, and I think Ugh. maybe bristled a little bit. I th- I called her a legend at one point, and I th- I think that that maybe has a connotation to it that implies age. It has nothing to do with that. It's just she is such a comedian's comedian. Yeah, and um. Just so brilliant and funny, and this was a long time coming. I'm so glad yeah. we finally got her. And she's so a two-time Emmy winner. Her yep. book is called "Yes, I Can Say That." Everybody, get your copy. That's another thing that should be going under the tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she was just ado, an absolute dream. Judy Gold. Here's Judy Gold. Folks, we are back with Judy Gold. Judy, you are mid-documentary shoot. Are we allowed to, to say oh, that? Oh, um, well, I'm – okay, so I'm shooting. They asked me to be in this documentary about um, comedy. Uh-huh. Uh, I know that's shocking. <laughs> it is for the Museum of Tolerance, actually. It's about how uh, comedy – Comedy is a form of a resistance, sort of, you know, which is perfect uh-huh. for this show because, you know, coming out on stage was a big, big thing for me. Of course. You know what I'm saying, baby? Of course. I'm having we a do. beer. Oh, do it. God. Yeah. What What are you having? No, what, what kind? Is that what, tall what, orange? I don't know. They just gave it to me. Mirror image. Uh, mm. It's an IPA. It's an IPA. Oh, I love it. Mirror an IPA. Image IPA. Why not? Yeah. Listen, what is, it's a Monday afternoon. It's the week of Thanksgiving. Let's kick the fuck back. What the back, fuck is yeah. this shit? What the yeah. fuck? I, you know, I was supposed to go. I am a gay with kids. So uh-huh. I was supposed to go see my um, son who plays basketball for Tulane Division One. A Division One athlete out. came out of my vagina. And I was supposed to go see him in his first game, and I haven't seen him since June. And uh, I just canceled. I had to cancel because of the fucking yeah. COVID. Yeah. Did Ooh, you watch so- Rachel the other day, the other night? Rachel oh, yeah. Ray? No, not Rachel Ray. Did <laughs> oh. Matt. I saw it, yes. Matt is so much better than Dave. Like, I can't with Dave. All right, anyway. Matt, did you see the Rachel thing? Of course. I, I Dave, mean, did you see the Rachel thing? Where she was at home? Yes, Dave. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the partner okay. has tested positive. Yes, David. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm that, caught up. Did, they live you, in a gorgeous barn. I know. Were you moved by that? Um, of course. Of course. Right. And so I watched that and I was like, I'm not going. And I had been thinking... Maybe I shouldn't go. Maybe I shouldn't go. And then I watched that and I was like, I shouldn't go. Yeah, you shouldn't. So what are your Thanksgiving plans? Nothing. Um, So my lover, Elisa, she keeps saying, like, should what are we going to make? It's like, we don't make anything. I make everything. She's like, when are we going to go shop? I'm like, we aren't going to go shop. It's like, I don't even try. Um, This is what she does. I will cook a turkey probably. And stuffing right. and cranberry sauce and other shit. And we'll just like eat like fat fucks and watch something on television. Um, thank God TV is really good right now. But oh, it uh, really is. isn't it? What are you so, watching? What's on the agenda? Well, I did 
watch The Queen's Gambit. Did you like The Queen's Gambit? I, I have not done it yet. I have not done it yet either. Okay. Because it will bring, because I, at the beginning of lockdown, I tried to teach myself how to play chess. Okay. And I learned how stupid I am and it was very painful and I feel like it will trigger me. Okay. That is so close minded, Dave. <laughs> yeah. 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 You guys uh, are off to so, a tough start. <laughs> no, I love him. I want his facial hair. No, I, I, uh, I loved it. It's really such a coming of age story. Um, yeah. It was so good. I mean, a lot of women don't like it because, you know, a man wrote it about a woman. You know, look, mm. there are issues, whatever. It's so fucking good. Um, I We are going to start The Crown because I never watched oh, The Crown. The I didn't either. And you know what? You, well. you jump jump right in. I skipped the first three seasons, but this, no, is, the, this is the time. I when, did, and David, now I, I wish I went back. Should I start from the beginning? I don't think you need to start from the beginning. I have to start from the beginning. Have you seen you the whole can. thing? Um, I have seen season one and then I kind of fell off, but I feel like I can hop right on, on season four. There might be some like small Easter eggy type callbacks that I will miss, but they're all kind of standalone stories. Yeah. So I think you can, you can dive in. It's a Royal okay. anthology. Okay. Well, I want to do the whole thing. Okay. Uh, well, are you, you like. are you a Royal watcher in general? You know, I have, yes, I have, um, I got up for Diana and Charles's wedding at four in the morning. I have gotten up for the royal weddings. You know, my mother liked them, too. She liked Margaret and Anne. I think she liked Princess Anne. I don't know. What the fuck? Yeah. I've watched them. I think the whole thing is ridiculous. But, you know, you do get sucked in. Don't you get so sucked in? And there's got to be some gays in there. Don't you think? You would think. Oh, yeah. You would think. Now, but I'm sure I, I, there I, are. I'm sure there are, but they can't fucking, you know, they have to closet it up. You know? that, that's exactly right. And now, a friend of the show, Stephen Beresford, who is a, who is a screenwriter, wrote the movie Pride. Um, he uh, gave me a book of the kings and queens of England through the mm-hmm. ages and went through and annotated and told me which ones were gay and lesbian. No way. Yeah. It's all in here. And it was all – did they did they have true loves? Not usually. No. No. Oh, it was all – everything was very – sad part. Repressed. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why do you get to fucking have a life full of love just because you're fucking attracted to the opposite sex? Like, it's not fair. It's not fair. Or if you're Charles, you get to have a wife, and you get to have a Camilla, and you get to do it. And then you you get to marry Camilla, you know? Right. You get to say you want to be you want to be reincarnated as her tampon if you if you remember that whole thing yes yes uh, yes oh, I yeah i remember out. that i remember yeah that. yeah oh. and then you get to and then you get actually get to marry <laughs> um what are you what are your like foundational what were the things you grew up loving and watching you know my first true love was the brady bunch okay and then um the partridge family uh it I was really a sitcom kid and I I mean I lived to you know my fantasy was of course to run away to everyone else's house um but it and of course Barbara Streisand because I'm a Jewish girl from New Jersey and but it really was the Mary Tyler Moore show all in the fam I mean I really loved the Mary Tyler Moore show but it was like all of them it was one day at a time and good times and the Jeffersons and 
that's what fucking got me through the shit we call childhood. Right. And those were all such beautifully functional families, whether they were, you know, family, family or work family or whatever. Everybody had a little right. role. They, and you know, some was, was, yeah, some were some were chosen family and some were. Um, but that's not true because, you know, all in the family, there was a lot of tension. Right. It, um, and but it was so interesting because, you know. There was no DVR. There was no VCR. There was everyone sat home and watched the same show at the same time and then talked about it. Like everyone talked about it. Um, You went to school or you went to work and that's what they were talking about because we all watched it. And and they dealt with like real issues. But, um, oh my God, you know, you, you think of Mary and, and Murray and Ted and Rhoda. I mean, it was just... And it's interesting because I wrote a piece when uh, Sherwood Schwartz died Mm -hmm. about um, his show about the Brady Bunch and and Gilligan's Island. And it's so interesting because, you know, you think of them as fluff shows. Right. But his goal was on. On uh, the Brady Bunch, he wanted them to be divorced, but they wouldn't allow it. So they were both widow and widower. Uh, But it was the first blended family on television. And then Gilligan's Island, his goal was to have people from complete opposite backgrounds who would never be in the same room stuck on on an island together. I mean, there was thought put into these these shows that we thought were just, like, stupid. But, you know, they were... The zeitgeist. And Maud. Maud was the fucking uh, best. Fucking Maud. I fucking yeah, love I mean, they... Maud. And I thought, I really, I honestly thought I would grow up and I would get a sitcom and I would be like B. Arthur. But here we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and slide down a giant uh, spit curl. Spit curl, yeah. Yeah. As I recall. I, I yeah. was, I, I'd watched some Maud early in quarantine and I couldn't, I mean, I didn't Google this, but. B. Arthur does seem to have always been 70. Like she started at right, 70. She came right. out at 70. So you've still got plenty of time to catch up with her is what but, I'm saying. But, you know, I, I, in my book, I, you know, I, I write about the episode where she decides to have an abortion and, um, and how that would never get on television today. But mm-hmm, right. she was 47 in that, in that episode. And, I, yeah, I thought she was 70, you yeah. know? yeah. And the Golden Girls uh, characters are, like, in their mid-50s, maybe. I know! It's terrifying. I'm getting too old for the Golden Girls. (laughs) It's it's crazy how, like, you were young and then old. And there was literally nothing in between. And when you look back at photos of your parents or your grandparents at your age, Mm -hmm. they look ancient. They look ancient. Okay, Mary Tyler Moore Show, Ed Asner, uh, filming the pilot episode— 38 years old. Uh, What's crazy? Yeah. 38 years old. But it was just like you just transformed. You hit like your early 30s and then 50, 55 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, yeah. And then he stayed that way for 40 years. Right. Right. God almighty. Are we going to continue to evolve? Will people look back at us at this time, 30 years from now and be like, he was, he he was 40 years old. He looks like he's a hundred. No, because we're going to be dead from a fucking pandemic. That's true. That's true. There won't be yeah. a future generation. Yeah, no, we're done, Matt. People are going to be like, they had electricity. Dave, I love that CBGB 
uh, photo behind you. Thank you. Where are you? Thank you. you. I'm in Studio City, California. But in my mind, in my mind, (laughs) I'm I'm on the Lower East Side. Okay. Um, And Matt, where are you? I lived there for years and years. But Where are you I'm in Eagle Rock. I'm in very suburban, sleepy Eagle Rock. Great. And you? Um, (laughs) You're not impressed. I'm in Chelsea right now. I'm in Chelsea. I love that. You know, you want to know where I am, actually? Yeah. I'm at Gilbert Godfrey's apartment. He's in Florida with his family, and they're shooting this, my portion of this documentary here. Are you going to go through some of the stuff? You know, I'm not like that. But I walk in this apartment, and I want, do you ever go to people's homes, and you just want to fucking kill yourself? And you go back, (laughs) and you think, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong that I have one bathroom, the molding on my fucking window is just cracking off, like, I need the ceiling paint, like, I just, where did I go wrong? Like that I, like they have adult light fixtures. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. And my kids are so fucking slobs. They've ruined my, like now that one is gone and the other one's moving out. I go through, I find this shit. I'm like, like I would never treat my parents' house the way they treat my apartment. Like how? Just food, empty beer bottles, Gatorades, ashes, you know, like I told you smoke pot on the roof. Do not smoke pot in the fucking house. You know, I don't know. It's just gross. It's just gross. They're just gross. And now they can go (laughs) fucking live in their own apartment. And I'm going to go to their fucking houses and throw my underwear under the. uh, Listen to this. Yesterday, Elisa, my lover and I. So Uh there's two parts of our fucking the refrigerator that are broken. There's these. um Things that go over the shelf so the stuff doesn't fall off the shelf, right? Uh And I have a really old refrigerator. So I'm going on like parts.com, whatever the fuck. And it's like $60 (laughs) for a fucking plastic piece of shit. And I was like, I knew there was, why are they both gone? There was only one gone when I left, right? Yeah. And I said, can we move the couch? Because I want to, you know, sweep under there. And there's the fucking drawer fucking piece. (laughs) From the fucking refrigerator under the couch, like how? Why? I don't know. It must have fallen oh, off the what? fridge, and then they just fucking shove it under the like. A, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? So then I had to call parts.com and say just send them one and not two. But it's like just shit like that. Like yeah. I come home, all my chargers are gone. The cable box is dead. Like it's fuck. Yeah, it's my fault. Is there, I feel like it's my fault. Is there stuff that you watch with the kids? Are, are there things oh, that yeah. you, is there family viewing? So, What's family yes, viewing? we watch um, The Office a lot with Ben. Sure. He loves The Office. But I was one of these moms where I would let them watch stuff that the other parents wouldn't let them watch because I wanted them to know what funny was mm-hmm. So uh, or funny is. So we watch a lot of South Park, Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're at the point, like, they told me to watch Penn five something yeah pen 15 uh but not i can't watch it with them but i should watch it um so it's really interesting because we would watch you know there were some shows that were funny to the kids and then there was some adult humor sprinkled in for the parents who were watching Mm -hmm. with them and I would like we would be watching something and I would start laughing and they would, you know, 
Ben, especially the younger one, be like, oh, I get it. You're laughing at that because blank. And it was like, you know, I love that about Mm -hmm. them, that they were figured out what the funny is. Um, And Henry has worked in comedy clubs and produced comedy shows. So he really know he gets it now. Like what's funny, what's hacky, what's not funny, what's, you know, derivative, what's and I, I think funny is really important in our family what's their relationship to to judy gold the comedian have they do they appreciate the you know the legend that you are um legend okay i (laughs) i think there's they are starting to now i think henry now gets it because he's worked doing uh stand-up Mm-hmm. You know, work, work. Yeah, you know, he just worked with stand ups. I am trying to close this shit that keeps fucking going off here. No, do you hear it? Great. Do you hear that dings? I do hear a, a, a slight ding. Yeah. Okay. But we're well, um, it's not forgiving my computer, of these that's things. That's why. Hold on. During okay. lockdown. So, all right, listen. So, I think Henry get appreciates the, you know, he sees how much fucking work it takes. Uh, I think Ben does. Yeah, I think they do now. I don't think they did. But Henry used to always be like, why can't you have a regular job? Like, why do you have to? And everything's not a joke. There was one period of time where Henry was like, you're not allowed to talk about me in your act. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so I was working in Provincetown at the art house, right? Uh And he's like, I don't want you talking about me on stage. I'm like, oh. Can't fucking take this. So, and my ex used to be like that too. You're, I am not, you know, I just talk about it. It's like, oh my God, I, please. So, Henry says to me, I said, what if I use a different name? And he said, okay, fine. I said, what name? And he said, Jerome. <laughs> and I'm like, where the fuck did he get the name Jerome? And he was obsessed with like SVU, Law and yeah. Order. So, I was like, oh, that was probably like a victim on SVU or whatever. <laughs> So that night, I go to do a show at the art house in Provincetown, and I get on stage. I'm telling this whole story about, okay, I'm not allowed to talk about Henry. His name is going to be Jerome, because, and I'm telling the whole story. So the whole yeah. time through my act, I'm like, so Jerome said, blah, 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 and they're all laughing and laughing and laughing. And then afterwards, <laughs> I'd sign some CDs, and then we're walking down the street. Henry would meet me afterwards, and we'd go get ice cream or something after the show in P-Town, and gay, 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 gay. And we're walking down the street and everyone's like, is that Jerome? (laughs) And he didn't talk to me for like two weeks. He was so fucking pissed off. I was like, I told you not to fucking say anything. But yeah, so um, there are certain jokes he doesn't want me to do anymore. I did a podcast, Jared Freed's podcast. And I don't know, I talked about the first time I gave a low job and how much I hated it and um Henry's like I have to hear about your and I'm like oh god it's just it's hard because I am an open book you know what I mean right right but they've learned to live with it right yeah I mean Henry gets annoyed at me and yeah they've learned to live with it okay they you know the perks they get they love you know it's like oh I got free tickets to this or uh," and then they're like oh that's fine Henry said it's a really good pickup line. Apparently, having two moms for a kid in their early 20s to meet a girl and be like, yeah, I was raised by 
lesbian moms is like it's pretty attractive yeah 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 he's irresistible yeah yeah there's no doubt about that Mm -hmm. also let us not discount uh summers in provincetown that's That's right david excellent point so thank you my kids have spent they've gone to you know we're jews so we did go to they did go to summer camp but they did spend a lot of their summer in p-town and when i in the Ben, Henry, before Ben was born, Ben was born in 2001, Henry's born in 96. And I used to go on, I used to do the seven, seven o'clock show or the 7.30 show at the post office cabaret, mm-hmm. which um, I don't know if you've ever been there. So it's like, uh, it's upstairs from this cafe, this post office. And so it's a really long room. And then there's the stage and behind the stage is... Uh, the dressing area, dressing room. And so in order to get to the dressing room, you have to walk on the stage. So Varla Jean Merman would go on after me and he would get dressed backstage while I was doing my set. And Henry, a lot of the times, if I didn't have a babysitter, would sit back there with him. And, you know, it's so interesting. They have no... There's no prejudice or any sort of, they see a drag, like they could give two shits about any of that. Like, it's like so-and-so's trans. So like no one, they don't care at all. Um, And it's, it's like, God, if we could have grown up like that and been surrounded by people like that, it would have been so much easier for us. And also, you know, I was saying this the other day on stage on our fucking rooftop um, there were these young gays in the audience. They were 23. And um, I said, are you Gold Star? Right? And they're like, what is that? And I said, <laughs> okay. And then I just went into this old lesbo thing. I said, look, <laughs> when I came out, uh, when I was a kid and when I came out, being gay was the worst thing you thought you would have no life. You never thought you'd have a family. You thought you would, anyone found out your life would be over. And so most people of my generation, I know you kids are younger than me, would have sex with the opposite sex just to prove to ourselves, you know? Yeah. I got to try it at least because my life is just going to be awful. Yeah, maybe Um, there's a revelation waiting for me. Right. And so- you tried to be straight. It's not like straight people ever were like, you know what? Let me see if, let me have sex with the same sex just to make sure I'm hetero. No, yeah. we did this because we, the alternative was just a fucking lonely, miserable life where you're living in the closet. And so, so there were people who didn't do, didn't never had sex with the opposite sex and they were called gold star. So I said, gold star is when you've never had sex with the opposite sex. And they're like, oh yeah, we're gold star. And it was like, of course you're gold star. And I said, you're welcome. Okay. You're fucking yeah. welcome. You are fucking welcome. This whole yeah. thing of like the, our culture doing anything other than making young queer people hate themselves is brand new. Like it's, they just invented it. Like within right, the last yeah. 10 years. Right. Right. I know. I'd say exactly. brand new. It's the flip side of what's so beautiful about the way your sons are growing up. They're in their early 20s. They've kind of never known anything else. One's and 19. Don't push I'm it. So One's sorry. 19. 
Go. I know you had them when you were you were a, a child. So yeah, right. It's okay. Um, and uh, but yeah, the, the, there are these other kids in their twenties who have never done anything else, and I, I you know, sometimes and I'm happy for them that they have not, you know, maybe suffered the way some of us have. Right. I'd like to think we're a little cooler for it. Well, I think so. I, you know, I just think. Look, I don't want them to suffer, but I want them to know their history. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the thing that bothers me. You know, I was, uh, I graduated college in 84. My friends were starting to become HIV positive, 83, 84, right around that time. And mm. that whole period of time was so horrible and you know, to think you're starting your life and then you're seeing your friends and like, no, you're going to die. Like, it was awful. I mean, I don't know if you follow AIDS Memorial on Instagram, but it is, yeah. yeah. And that period of time, even if I watch videos from that period of time, I'm like, definitely have some PTSD, like physical, I have physical stomach, you know, like I, and, you know, these kids that are just like, ah, whatever. And it's like, no, you have to, you have to, know where you came from and what we went through to get to this point. And the fact that these fucking judges right now, um, th- these federal judges saying there wasn't there just a, a case last week about uh, in Florida that you can, they overturned the rule against conversion therapy that you can mm-hmm. do conversion therapy, even though it does cause suicide and everything. You know, that they're still trying to, you know, demonize us. And it was a mental illness until 1973, you know, right. or 74. Right. I was 12 years old. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you got to really know your history and, and, you know, know who these people are, who Harvey Milk is, who Robin Tyler is. She, she was, you know, people don't even know her. She was like the first person ever to get married, a lesbo, and and do out stand-up. But yeah. it's just, yeah, you know, when you forget where you came from, you repeat the fucking shit that we went yeah. through. I was, uh, in, in, 18, in 84, I would have been 13 and just starting to realize, like, that I'm, like, gay, gay. Like, right, it, right, it's, of course. It's real. Yeah. And, and at that time, I really thought I was going to give myself AIDS with my brain. Just with my gay brain thinking gay thoughts like that, right. I would just generate it and die like immediately right. and terribly and in a way that my parents would not be able to talk about. Right. I'm stupid and Catholic, so you should factor that in. Oh, but, God. You know, here's the difference between the Catholic guilt and the Jew guilt. Yeah. The Catholic guilt is about, you know, more of a book and God, It's you yeah. know, and Jew guilt is more about your mother and... Sure. Your parents, you know. Oh, there's there's some of that in Catholicism yeah. too. Don't make no mistake. As a matter of fact, I do think I have the Catholic version of your mother based on the oh, the answering machine message I'm that sorry. she uh, left you when she thought you fell. Right now, that I saw on I Comedy Central a thousand times. Yeah. Yes. Did um. So your mother was like hysterical, thinking you know, always thinking the worst. Do a you, little did catastrophizing. You do your DNA? Did you do your DNA? Do you have any Jew in you? Um, I have like the, the 1% Ashkenazi that I think everybody does. Oh, I think, 
Yeah. But no, I am I, I am 99% Irish. 90 wow. wow. Yeah, I'm like 98 yeah. or something. Yeah, I have a I'm little just... Neanderthal. <laughs> we all do. Not everyone has it traceable. Hmm. This is why I'm mentally ill. Okay. <laughs> How did you meet? Oh, God. So annoying, this question. But <laughs> so, uh, you know, Time Out New York, the magazine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they did a Valentine's Day episode, right? Um, in 2007, maybe? Um, no, 2006, I think. Anyway. And so they did this Valentine's Day episode. No, it was 2007. And uh, they had the 20 most eligible singles in New York. And the LGBTQ or SDUVWXYZ person picked me. And mm-hmm. um, they took a picture with a photographer. And then you had to write a little thing underneath. And then they gave you a Gmail account. And the people could write to you. So I wrote the stupidest thing. I wrote, I'm looking for someone to do my kids laundry while we snuggle under a troll pattern flannel comforter with a bottle of red wine (laughs) while I scream at my mother on the phone about her home health aid. (laughs) So, and I figured if you don't know, that's a joke and don't, then I don't want to be with you. So I get all these stupid responses like, Oh, I love kids. And, (laughs) Oh, you know, I'm really good at laundry. It was like so fucking ridiculous. And then people would send, Photos. I remember one woman sent, a, you know, the photo you get when you go into an office <clears throat> building and they skirt, they take your photo with the, with the little fucking thing. She sends me that. Anyway, mm. so I would be talking to them. I'm like, oh, this person's fine. And then I get a photo and be like, never talking to this person again. So a couple weeks go by. I'm like, this is never going to happen. And I get this really funny response from Elisa. And She's like, I don't mind doing the kids' laundry as long as you don't... Wait, I love doing laundry as long as you don't mind a pair of pink tie-dyed underwear in there. I don't know. She was really funny. And then she goes, I'm going to send you a picture because I already know what you look like. And uh, she sends me this picture, and she's really cute. And I'm like, okay, does she have all her hands? And does she have her... You know, like, I'm just Mm -hmm. waiting because, you know... And then we meet after I was doing 25 questions for a Jewish mother, my one person show. We meet at Joe Allen after the show. And I walk in, I was a little late and I was wearing my mother's mink coat because it was February and I was an asshole and she was dead and she left me the stupid mink coat and was freezing. And so I walk in like my gigantic, like the door opens and I walk in fucking so obnoxious. Like when I think about it, I'm like, I just want to kill myself. And she was sitting at the bar. She had this really cute skirt on. And we just started talking, and I was like, mm-hmm. and that's that was it. Wow. Uh-huh. Then, I, then I was like, then we saw each other like four times that week, right? And then she ignores me for a few days. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I call my friend. She's like, that's what normal people do. I'm like, no, I need, you know, because we're performers. Like, we, you know, we yeah. obsess. So anyway, and that's it. And we've been together for 
It'll be 14 years in February. Congratulations. What does she do? She is not a performer then. No. So by trade, she's a therapist. But okay. the worst. Don't even, I can't even, it's so fucking annoying. It's like, everyone's <laughs> like, oh, comedian and therapist, that's so great. It's like, no, I hate myself. I know why I hate myself. I don't need you validating it. <laughs> Nothing is benign. Everything is some like, you know, you're meant to say. So, no, I didn't mean to say it. Like, I just, sometimes I just want to say something to her and for her to go, oh, okay. Never, never. <laughs> so, but then... She, in the past few years, quit and has been t- took over her family's real estate business because her father retired, oh. and not good because no. it's so stressful. She manages five buildings and a shopping mall, and you know it's like every fuck. You know, all she does is get phone calls. Fire, fire in apartment five k. Uh, this one won't move out. The shooting in front of it. And I'm like, and she lets it get to her. It's like, Elisa, you can't let this shit get to you. So she, yeah. So it's not, no. She was much nicer when she was a therapist. And this is a job that is making her need a therapist, it sounds like. She, oh, please, she's been in therapy forever. But she, she lets the stress, she, you know, she personalizes the stress of like, it's like, that's the job. That is the job. It's just problems. All you do is deal with problems. That's it. That is your job. So either yeah. fucking deal with it or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, it's and hard. Even if you're not actively working as a therapist, I would imagine that oh my God, switch it's... is difficult to to switch back. You still have that analytical mind oh, that you but have to use like, all the time. Oh, and here's the other thing. She's so literal. Like, I will say the most ridiculous thing and she'll be like, really? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, how is that even possibly true? You know? Sometimes she'll kill me for telling you this. You know, her um, name's Jerome. Jerome. <laughs> Sometimes, I'll, you know, I get my New Yorker magazine. And I love looking at the cartoons. Sometimes I'll mm-hmm. be like laughing at a cartoon. I'll show it to her, and she'll be like, "Um, so that's funny because the guy has an apple on his head." I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't, I can't, I can't." And then when comics are to get, you know how comics get together and they say all the shit to each other they would never say to another person. Like, all the forbidden crap. She yeah. is like, oh my God, what is wrong? I'm like, oh my God, Elisa, you just just make believe you're not hearing this. But it's like, you know, because we make jokes about everything. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, you know, she says it's really hard being in a relationship with a comedian, okay? It's harder being in a relationship with a therapist. Yeah, I think it's a high degree of difficulty for both. Don't you think? Yes. Yes, truly. Are you guys in relationships? We both are. Separate ones. Um, my uh, my fellow is a composer. He is out banging around making noise in his studio right now. I know Exactly. He's good and bad, right? Yes. Musicians are, so, you know, I was a music major. Um, oh, I didn't know but that. But yes, musicians are really good and bad. Yeah. yeah. What do you play? Piano and clarinet. Come on now. Okay, Matt, what about you? Uh, seven years this Friday uh, with tough. Michael, and he is a Canadian writer and a real hunk. And frankly, could do much, much better. Stop this. The trick oh, is that he came, moved here from Canada, and I got him right away. 
before he got acclimated and realized how much better he could do. How's that self-esteem class coming along? Is that good? Or? <laughs> Judy, not I think great. I need to talk to Elisa, honestly. Have fun. Is she available? <laughs> so how how was um how was it with the kids? How did you introduce Elisa to the kids? Excellent. So I was with my ex for 20 years. Uh-huh. And we broke up. Uh she uh we were playing Yahtzee and she cheated. Okay, uh-huh. so uh uh-huh. no, so she we, but we, we had know, issues. We had we had we had issues anyway. But anyway, so mm-hmm. she we broke up in 2004. Um and the kids were seven and a half and two and a half. Mm-hmm. Not good. Not great. Um and so I and she went right with someone else, and I had some girlfriends in between, but not you know, when I met Elisa and I realized, okay, this is, um, it was slow. It was slow. I, I remember, you know, we were taking Henry. I took Henry to, you know, they have to take entrance exams to, um, get into fucking middle school in New York. So I was taking Henry, uh, to one of the entrance exams one morning and we, Ben and I, Ben was in the car seat and then I'm driving up First Avenue and Elisa lived on First Avenue and she and I said, oh, I'm going to be driving by. And she goes, oh, I'm at the nail salon. I'll come out and say hi. So we stopped in front of the nail salon and she came out and I said, Henry, Ben, this is my my new friend, Elisa. And she was talking to them. She loves kids. And uh, she was really sweet. And then I said goodbye and we drove away and Henry's like, new friend. You think I'm an idiot? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, but it's been now almost 14 years. Her family, I mean, it's really like her parents are great and her siblings are great. And it's like they have cousins and, uh, grand, I mean, we they have no grandparents. So it's like her parents are the grandparents. It's, yeah, she, I think they love they love her. Um, so, but it was hard in the beginning, especially for Henry, because he was older and he remembers mm. us together. Ben doesn't remember us together. Right. So quarantine has mostly been the two of you and Ben? Well, what happened was the minute the quarantine happened, um, I said, let's go to Provincetown. And my ex, who's now married, has a house down the street from me in Provincetown. So Ben and his girlfriend, Nicole, uh, both came to Provincetown. Henry was there for a week and then went, went to his girlfriend at the Times house. But we were all there together for two months. And Ben would stay, you know, in our house for four days and then go to my ex's house for four days. And, and we'd do Shabbat dinner together on Friday. Wow. It was, like, nauseating. But... um I am so happy I had that two months with him because he was going, he was going to be going, leaving for college. I would have never, if, if there was no pandemic, it would have been, I would have never seen him. You know, he was in boarding school at um, prep school playing basketball. So he would have just been there and then come home and then gone right to college. But I got this, they did online and we got to spend two months together. It was fucking great. And now he's in New Orleans. He's in New Orleans. Is and he in I a can't dorm? go see him. Yes. Of course not. 
He's in a dorm with uh, his two roommates are also basketball players. He got there in June, end of June, and they've been practicing. He's sort of like in a basketball pod. They all got COVID, by the way. He got COVID. The girlfriend got COVID. My ex got COVID. Henry got COVID. My ex's wife got COVID. Ben's two best friends. They all got COVID and were quarantining. So in my fucking apartment, which is why the fucking refrigerator piece was under the goddamn couch. (laughs) And then I wanted to play Rummy Cube the other night and I couldn't fucking find it. Like, I can't take it. You know, you walk in your house, like you're gone for a few weeks and then you walk in and everything's different. It's so fucking annoying. (laughs) But you did not get COVID. I didn't because I wasn't near them. He got it in, in New Orleans, he, and uh, but we didn't know that. He got it. Uh, his roommate came home, his, went away home for the weekend, came back and tested positive. They, they, they test them like three times a week. And Ben got tested, and he didn't have it. And they said, okay, you need to quarantine. You can either quarantine in the quarantine dorm or go back to New York. And he's like, I'll go back to New York. So he comes back to New York with his girlfriend. That's on a Wednesday. They get tested again on Friday, nothing. The girlfriend gets tested Saturday. She's positive. They all get tested. Ben gets tested again on Sunday. He's negative. My ex has a fucking dinner party Monday night because that's what you do during COVID. It was outside, but whatever. Mm -hmm. And then Wednesday, Ben gets test positive. Henry tests positive. And then they both tested positive on Friday it was awful. And I was supposed to come home from Provincetown to see him during his quarantine, and I couldn't come because they were all positive. So I never got it. Oh. That's why I'm having a beer. Yeah, I think that's smart. You've earned it. But I'm really careful. Yeah, you are. What What is the rhythm of your day right now? Like, what can you walk us through a typical day if there is one? Okay. So when I'm in Provincetown, um, and I've only been home since, like, the day before the election. I've only been in New York and it's in Provincetown. I was playing tennis every day, doing all my radio and, you know, working and writing and cooking meals and stuff like that. And being outside because you can go hiking there. You can go biking, whatever. Since I've been home from Provincetown, I wake up a lot of times. Now, Elise and I don't live together, which is the key to a successful relationship so she has a place in harlem i have my Mm -hmm. still have my place but i'm going to turn it into an office and move in with her but anyway i wake up and there are days where i don't leave my apartment and it's really bad you can get real because there's not you live in new york city so that when you walk out of your apartment you're in new york city and there's no clubs open there's no theater you can literally sit there all day um so I have to like force myself to go outside. I can't go to the gym. The gym was a huge part of my life. So I'm thinking of getting a Peloton. What do you think? I think absolutely do it. Worth it. Re- yeah. Isn't it? Because I think that my mental health, I do practice the piano a lot. Um, Great. But I do need to sweat and I haven't been sweating and I've been feeling like a fat fuck. And, you know, when you're sitting around and you're working and you're writing and you eat something, and then a couple hours later, you're like, oh, I'm hungry again. And then you just eat again. Like, you just keep eating. I just keep and eating. it's too easy. Yeah. Right. And you are rewarded for sitting in front of your computer, because now this is where work is. Right. But also, this, this idea, like, I, you can't, I, this pandemic has made me think, the amount of time I spend 
just trying to get to someplace else is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, en route. I spend so much time en route on the subway, on my bike, like just getting someplace. Yeah. What what is it? What's it like on the streets now in New York? Are people masked up? Are they like what are they? Everyone's pretty masked up. Um, yeah. You know, I did yell. Yeah, all right, here's the other thing. There's like all these restaurants now are outside, so they're literally in the street. So there's no fucking parking. You cannot find a fucking parking spot. Mm-hmm. They're like little. Do you know Sukkah Sukkot? The Jews have a, a holiday called Sukkot, where mm-hmm. where we eat in a hut. That's what it looks like. Fucking every restaurant has a fucking hut out in the fucking front of them. And I'm waiting for a big truck to come and like out of control. And people are like laying in the middle of the street and they're like, oh, my God, is that blood? Oh, no, it's marinara sauce. Okay, (laughs) so that's the activity is eating outside. And all these performers, singers and jazz bands are, are like performing on the street while, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is great. I mean, you see how, why New York is New York, but there are some people without masks, but I was eating outside with Elisa and these other two friends. And I saw these Hasidic Jews, young kids just walking down the street without masks. And I'm like, you're bad Jews. You're bad Jews. Put on a fucking mask. You know, like I yell at them, like put on a goddamn mask. Like, I just mm-hmm. want this over. Like if yeah. we would just all just stop for a few weeks and just not, it would be over. I hate but that we can't, I mean, yeah, we How can't. much do you fucking hate that fucking asshole? How I, much do you I, fucking just, hate that orange fucking lying fuck? How many it's, people it's he's fucking tr- killed? Yeah, it's it's a it's a kind of uh, a hatred I'm not going to be able to fully digest for a while. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I have never in my life. And you know, you're gay, you know, being bullied as a kid, Mm -hmm. you know, he is that awful, dumb fucking bully. And he never gets his due. He never gets his due. Mm -hmm. And he's still pulling this shit. He doesn't give, Oh my God. I was, I did a show the other night on a rooftop and there was Mm -hmm. this guy in the audience and uh, and he's with a woman, and I and uh, I I just was like screaming like, Can you fucking! But we're standing, we're sitting on a roof. It's freezing. People are blankets because that fucking piece of fucking shit. This yeah. is how we have to live, uh, yeah. right? And so yeah. this there was a guy there, right? And he's uh, a P, he's an OBGYN, like for high risk. He's retired. Mm-hmm. He's like I like him. I go what the fuck are you? What do you mean you like him? He's like, I said, why? Why do you like him? He said, I swear to God, he said this. He said, I think he cares about people. I'm like, he doesn't fucking care. I've heard heard Israel. I've heard my money. I've heard it all. That is not a valid reason. He is a fuck. He doesn't care about fucking anyone. I just spit all over the computer. I hate it. Like I can you believe? And I hate Mitch McConnell. And I hate oh, Lindsey Graham. And I hate Ted yeah. Cruz. And I hate Marco Rubio. And I hate fucking Cuntley McEnany. And I hate yeah. Ivan Cunt. And I hate Don <laughs> Jr. And I hate Stephen Miller. And I hate Jared Kuntner. I hate them all. I fucking hate them so much. They're, They're all evil. lizard people. 
Don't forget Wizard about people. Betsy. Don't forget oh, about Kavanaugh. Betsy, Ka- yeah, and Kavanaugh, that motherfucker. Yeah, every I knew a Kav. Didn't you know a Kavanaugh? That oh, fucking God. spoiled brat. I grew kid up like surrounded yeah. by Kavanaugh's. And that fucking yeah, they're all fucking. And what about Amy Cunty Barrett? Another one. Mm. Mm. That evil, yeah. like oh yeah. I'm hope I'm hoping for you know some sort of wisdom out of yeah. these folks, and I I don't know what what. what uh, I my okay. My thing is he is so he's so utterly shameless because he has had like, whatever ideas had in his head. He's had the resources and the money and the lawyers. Like whatever dumb hunch he has, he can make true through sheer force of just like money and lawyers, right? So well, that's so all he's, he's done. Yeah, he's like all right, I'm so, it's all you. he's ever done. Okay, I'm gonna see. So he's just I'm a steamroller, right? Pardon. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's he a shame yeah. I, I wish somebody had that sort of power and shamelessness and energy, but also empathy, you know, also like right. There's not one using it toward Iota. a greater purpose. That's what the world needs. Right. And that's why Joe Biden, although not my first pick, but if you're talking empathy, if you're talking yeah. someone who knows you know, look, I'm not happy that it took a, an old white guy to pass the baton, but I'll take it. And, you know, all these people that are like, no, Bernie and and AOC and Bernie and not progressive enough. It's like, OK, seriously, this is what look where we are and where we went. Let's just do this. OK, it's not what everyone wants or the way it wanted, but it's way better. So cut the fucking shit. Yeah. And we yeah, can push from where we are. We can't push yeah. from where we were. Right. Was, how, did you, how did you yeah. celebrate when the news came in? Well, I was up all night, of course. And then, of, of course. course, nothing. But then, it's so funny. I was sitting in this chair by my window that the sun comes in for like 15 minutes so I don't get depressed. And um, <laughs> I, CNN had asked me to write this piece, what the election, they said, oh, we're we're asking some eminent thinkers. I'm like, well, I'm not an eminent thinker, but I'll write the fucking thing. So uh, what what the election says about America. And I was writing that piece when all of a sudden I heard this, all these horns. I mean, people went crazy in the streets. And it was, I, I went out to an outdoor cafe with a friend of mine. And I, it's just like, people were just screaming and horns going and banging pots and pans and I had never seen anything like it. Like I recorded it on my phone, the audio, because I couldn't fucking believe it. And you really, you know, that was the only thing that got me through was that there were other people who felt the same way. And I also learned that there are asked, there were Republicans who I hated because of their policies, but I now see that they're not bad people, that they just think differently, you know, like this, the Steve Schmitz, you know, mm-hmm. you know, all these people who I was like, uh, like John McCain, he's a, he was a good person. I mean, he, that's was his belief, you know? Um, so look at Nicole Wallace. I mean, mm-hmm. so I, it's and I have to say that one thing that motherfucker did is made people more civic minded. People are like, because he would do things and people are like, wait, are they allowed to do that? And then they'd learn. And yeah. even my kids are so like Ben is so engaged politically about what's going on, um, which 
more than I was. I mean, it was the AIDS crisis that really, you know, made me politically aware. But, you know, I think people understand the three branches of government and how important, yeah. the, like, down, you know, ballots are. And, like, you know, these local representatives and how important it is to to vote and that your voice is counted that was the one thing i i you know i think i'm gonna just ball my eyes out during the inauguration yeah i'm saving my big emotions for that you know i was obviously thrilled when they when it was called but i was seeing it my friends were dancing in the streets and i couldn't quite tap into the same i still felt too scared like we're not quite there yet right You've still had your armor up because it's like, because how many times has have you been like, oh, that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And it wasn't it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and he's still pulling the shit. And the fact that these people are enabling him. I want to fucking I just want to fucking. Oh, I hate that Mitch McConnell. But I want them all humiliated and I want them to suffer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want to watch. I want to yeah. watch. I just want to be there. Yeah. Just let me fucking be there. And Lindsey Graham, you fucking, like, come out of the fucking closet, you fucking asshole. Not that we uh, want you, but you no. don't talk about, like, you know, didn't he, he recently said something about traditional families and fuck you, you Cut, fucking yeah. fuck. I hate him. <laughs> he is our guest on Homophilia next week. Oh, yeah. Right, no, not right. yeah, so if you have any, if you have yeah. anything you'd like to say to him, yeah. let us you know. Fucking lady G. Uh, Judy Gold, this has been a dream. You truly, you were on our bucket list. Yes. I love you guys. You're so adorable. Am I going to see you in person ever? I I hope hope so. so. I hope so. In the meantime, you'll be rooting through Gilbert Gottfried's medicine cabinet. You'll be uh, appearing in a, in a documentary. Uh, Wait, we have to plug my book. Yes. Yes, of course. Yes, I can say that. Yes, yes, I can't say that. By Judy Gold. When they come, when they for, come the for the comedians, we're all in trouble. We are all in trouble. There's a whole section about AIDS in there, about the you know the AIDS epidemic and how mm-hmm. you know people of our generation can laugh, can make jokes about it, but yet young people think it's you know, no, you can't make jokes. Yeah, I can. That's my truth. Sorry, right. yeah. it's my yeah. coping mechanism. Yeah, that shit was trauma for a lot of people, and we get to deal mm-hmm. with it however we want. Yeah, so go fuck yourself. So go fuck yourself. And, and enjoy yes, she triggered. can say that. Triggered. Safe space. <laughs> well, Matt, we've come to the end of another episode. Dave, 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 Dave. Thank you for being here with me, giving Thank me you, a Matt. reason to live. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts with five stars only, of course. Thank you to Renee Colvert with a T, mm-hmm. our, our producer. Thank you to Ryan Connor, our engineer. Thank you to everybody at Earwolf. Uh-huh. Thank um, you, Ben Wise, for the music. Yes. And thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, tell a friend. Leave a review. We love you. We love you.